0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from TheNextReal.com.
1: And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Real.
0: We're getting toward the end of John Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. And back with us today to discuss it is Tommy Handsome from The Next Real and What's That Smell podcast.
2: That's me. Thank you guys for having me again for another minute of credits. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's because we care.
2: Good (laughs) Lord, what is this show? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, On today's uh, minute, uh, we are looking at Iron Man 123. This minute starts with the 56 prop makers involved in the film, and it ends with industrial light and magic, as all good minutes should. (laughs)
1: Let me just make an observation, if I may. Observe away. We don't have good enough nicknames. Just mm. in general, and you can tell you don't because of the prop makers. They've got nicknames like really? Mark Fish Bieluski, <laughs> and they're they're all the quotes. Why do they call him Fish? That's all I can think about. Or how about Paul the Wall Catapano? He's been making props uh, for uh, uh, for uh, Walter Matthau and Out to Sea. Everyone's favorite Walter Matthau vehicle, <laughs> Live Virgin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Coug- Cougar Town? Uh yeah that's the wall Paul the wall I, I wonder if nobody just calls him Paul they just call him the wall like hey do you have that prop and you'll say no let me ask the wall that's fantastic I want <laughs> a nickname like that. Or no, weird maybe a conversation. counter-example. Hey,
2: do you have the prop?
1: No. <laughs> Go
2: ask the wall. We're not all robots pretending to be human. <laughs> that's that,
1: that's actually what uh, Jarvis the Clippy robot says uh, when you're looking for the prop. No, how this is one that I think is a counter-example. This is a non-example. I don't know that this should have been written in the credits this way. Greg Newton actually has the word newt in quotes. As if we couldn't figure out that that's where his nickname came from, <laughs> Newt Newton. Unless it's an ironic Newt, and actually his nickname comes after, like, the lizard. Oh. That would be funny. You, you mean the, the
0: amphibian, I think, is right. Amphibian. Would properly you properly know, call
1: it. Do you know what I know a lot about? <laughs> Not amphibians. Not those. <laughs> what if his
2: nickname was actually Fig? Hmm.
1: <laughs> that's a real twist <laughs> See? we need better nicknames these are uh, some of these are good
0: <laughs> I always question nicknames and I wonder okay is Paul the wall Catapano is he is that his nickname because he's big and built like a wall or is it because he's the exact opposite of that and he's like right. the skinniest guy on set and is mm. really tiny
1: or he's just a normal guy who continues to walk into walls or he's a normal guy who always avoids walls even when other people are walking into them. There are so many ways that this could play out. He could be a Pink Floyd fan. (laughs) Or he's a, (laughs) when he was in high
0: school, his big moment of fame was playing Wall in uh, 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 Midsummer Night's Dream.
2: Oh, deep cut. It's
0: probably Well played. Yep. I'm sure that's it. I'm sure that's it.
2: Right now, Paul's sitting in his apartment. They got it.
0: <laughs> I assume that's his voice. Uh, and I assume he's a listener of the show. So uh, yeah. welcome, welcome on board, Paul. Glad to have you. It's the wall and just the wall.
1: <laughs> just <laughs> Thanks the for wall. coming, the wall.
0: <laughs> uh, we have some, uh, some uh, Andys and uh, some Toms and some Peets in this minute. Would you guys like to hear who they are? I just want to know where we up to any good and who's who's the best. Yeah, just do the best of each. Mm -hmm. Let's see. We've got standby painter Andy Flores. He's just a standby painter, so I feel like he's just chilling,
2: just in case the the first guy drops his brush. (laughs)
0: Right (laughs) here, you go. There, yeah. Uh, uh, Catering staff Tom Rodella.
2: Oh, so, I could do, uh, yeah, could, yeah, sure. Cater. Catering, yeah. I'm more of a crafty kind of person, but I could cater.
0: <laughs> you could cater. We've got Best Boy Grip, Tom Crawford. So look at that. You're on uh, on uh, both sides of the aisle there. I love no, it. No, it was a grip. It was a grip. Uh, we've got Assistant Prop Master, Peter Clark.
1: Okay. Not See? too bad. Not, Not bad. too
0: bad. Uh, we have Key Costumer, Tom McDonald.
1: So there's mm-hmm. a nice,
0: a nice, uh, juicy role. That's ironic because
2: I have trouble even dressing myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: then we have staff assistant Andrew Lehman. So those are, uh, those are our, uh, folks this time. And, and I think Tom is in the lead. You know, he's got a uh, key costumer. So he's got a key role and best boy grip. Who doesn't want to be the best boy grip?
2: The best boy grip. My mom said Nobody so. he doesn't want to be that. That's <laughs> the truth. Yep.
0: Um, uh, some of my favorite names from this minute Uh, this one I'm not even sure how to pronounce properly I'm going to really do my best but I I think it's a really interesting name it is uh, Cuitlawak Morales Velasquez
1: who's the sculptor gang
0: boss (gasps) another gang boss? yeah cuitlawak.
2: Do you that's think a, all the, all the gang bosses get together in a big smoke-filled room and just make noises like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. I'm Maybe sure that's
1: all they do. Great. That's right. <laughs> a lot of stained glass.
0: <laughs> Kuit Lawak started on Starship Troopers, uncredited as a sculptor, <gasps> and then worked on Deep Impact after that also as a sculptor. I like so, both of those uh, movies. You, know, you like Deep Impact, huh? Deep
2: Impact, huh? Weird, right? That is weird. That is <laughs> that weird. Is, that is weird, yeah. The world went, thanks for, uh, wait, what was the other one called? Armageddon. They said, hooray, Armageddon. And I said, Deep Impact.
0: <laughs> you were the lone voice. I was the you lone the voice. voice. I love it. There you go. Quit Lawak's uh, IMDb game top four are Spider-Man, Ant-Man, Deep Impact. There you go, Tommy. And Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Look at that. It's as if wow. IMDb was throwing that one in just
2: for you. <laughs> I assume that's how the algorithm is set up, is uh, just in case he looks. Just in case. Give Tommy one thing. Right.
1: Uh, okay, so in terms of, of uh, functions on the set, here's another thing I don't know about that I hope you can uh, educate me on. Mm. When you have somebody who is the coordinator of greens, what are they doing? The greens coordinator.
0: It's all the plants involved in the movie.
1: Yep. And and the greens foreman and the green greensman.
0: Yeah, they yeah. have to They have to get all the plants, they have to arrange them, style them, keep them living, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, probably uh, when we were out in the front of Stark Industries, when Tony pulls up and there's a bunch of plants lining against the windows, those are some things that probably the Greens uh, team brings out. And likewise, some of the plants that we see outside of Tony's garage when he takes off, places like that.
2: And a big part of their job is having to anticipate damage from like a action scene and making sure that there's enough backups.
0: Right. Like a tree branch gets broken or something like that.
2: Exactly. Something they have to have enough because shutting down something because you don't have it in a production like that, of
1: course, is a disaster. See, I just assumed all the plans are CG. So why would we <laughs> even need this? But, but I'm, I'm glad to be disabused of that. And likewise, I would imagine,
0: Tommy, that like if they're out in the desert and are kind of there's the scrub brushes and all that, mm-hmm. and they do an explosion and they kind of create a scene, the Greens team also has to come in. And if anything gets damaged, they have to like replant new ones to, in, in the place of those. Right.
2: Correct. They have to work with the set uh, designer and the art director to remake everything. Correct. Because that's the weird, the, one of the interesting things. Well. I shouldn't say interesting before I finish saying what I'm saying, Uh, but is uh, the hierarchy is such that everyone is like, everything is in its place, a place for everything. And they're very territorial about that stuff, generally on Mm -hmm. movie sets that I've been on. And so you have one person who says, we need, this will look better if it's like this. And then that person has to go to another person and say, this is how it should be. Who then goes to his staff and says, put this over there. And no one's able to like, even the movie that I worked on, um, Someone just walked in and I was like, oh, we, the thing fell over. We need to put it back up because something just fell over in the, middle of the take. And someone walked over to get it just like a, pr- a production assistant. And the set designer lost it. <laughs> it. was like, no, like you can't touch it. I have to be able to touch it.
1: Yeesh. Wow.
2: Uh, And I think part of it is because it's their job to make sure, I mean, if it's set up wrongly or if it's set up because the production system doesn't have the um, Mm -hmm. the vision for it. So maybe because if the plant is turned around backwards, then all of those cover shots won't be useful anymore in editing and it'll be the department head's fault.
1: That's fascinating. I and I get it now and the greens coordinator was Lee Runnels and Lee has has been involved in greens coordination since uh 1988. It looks like was the first greensman credit with Pumpkinhead but went on to play to be a greens first. person <laughs> in crap. Father of the Bride. Ooh. That was Ooh, a, a greens-heavy movie right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But Apollo 13, there's some greens less in the space part. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there was something on the moon though. I'm right. really, yeah. really <laughs> confident in that. <laughs> uh, the Jungle Book, Mowgli's story. There's some. That's a heavy greens a lot of thing. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, most recent film. Uh, well, the most recent three: Django Unchained. Oh. Uh, he, he was a Greens foreman, Spongebob movie, Sponge Out of Water, and The Conjuring 2, The uh, Haunting of the Greens. Top four are <laughs> Iron Man, The Time Machine, uh, AI, Artificial Intelligence, and everybody's favorite, Zodiac. Oh, I love Zodiac. Yeah, Wait, why would there
2: be a Greens person in, for an animated film?
0: No, The Jungle Book. Uh, no, SpongeBob. Sponge
2: oh, oh, because no. a
0: lot of that was live action. It was live action. Oh, it was? Oh, was oh, I I SpongeBob sponge comes come out, out of the out water of and the water has water to fight real- uh, Antonio yeah. Banderas up on the beach. <laughs> yeah, you,
2: you guys could totally pirate. be making yeah. that up. <laughs>
1: I didn't <laughs> believe it. I didn't see that movie. Okay, that sounds crazy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wait, uh, say that again. I didn't see that movie. I just like to laugh. Antonio Banderas' character was Burger beard. Okay, yes. so now you guys are poking true. fun. None of this be true. true. Tim Conway played a seagull. All right, right. I can yeah. make stuff
2: up too. Uh, <laughs> Elaine Boozler played the couch. I get it. We're, all just making, we're just putting names with things again. I've dated myself again. No one knows who Elaine Boozler is. That
1: joke was a win right here, Tommy.
0: Hand okay, over good. heart. Okay, good. Um, catering. This is a, an interesting little uh, name that. I feel like we've probably seen, I guarantee if you have stayed and watched credits and let's face it, anyone who is into the Marvel films has like
1: it or not, they have sat through the credits. Yeah. I thought you were going to say anybody who's ever come to a movie with me, like well, it or not, has stayed <laughs> for the credits, right
0: before Marvel existed. I watched all the credits kids, <laughs> my kids, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I trained them to start staying for the credits by basically because the theater basically clears out every time. And I would let them go up to the front and dance to the music of the credits. Oh. And they loved that. And they were excited about the credits Cute. because they would get to go up to the front. And it was like their own stage. They basically, my, my daughter, she would do like her whole little dance routine up there. It was fantastic. <laughs> and and then my son, he gave up on that and he just started, he would like start at the top and he would run down every single aisle and he'd run <laughs> From <laughs> the left to left top to the right top. Then he'd go down an
1: aisle and then just do that all the way through the whole theater. I imagine that's changed in the post-Marvel era when everybody stays in yeah. the theater. Yeah.
0: It doesn't work so well now.
1: You can't
2: bring it It doesn't work problems. so well now. Yeah. No. It's Neither a of them in, are invited to a film premiere. <laughs> <That's not laughs> <the way. laughs> I think I've said this before. I, I call the after the credits scenes in Marvel movies, wait what? Because they're always referencing something <laughs> that I don't know about yet. And so I just go, wait, what? And then Darnell explains it to me. <laughs> I'll
1: bet that Howard the Duck reference hit the sweet spot. for That one that I did reaction. know. <laughs>
2: yeah, <no. laughs> that was weird. That's the one I did know because that's my superhero situation. But there's this name
0: that, uh, that we went down this crazy road. This name that likely we have all seen in credits. And it is the caterer. Tony's Food Service. Does that name ring a bell? Do you guys have have you seen Tony's Food Service before in credits? I don't, if you're paying oh, attention yeah. at all. I'm not sure if I've noticed. They have they have been catering on sets since 1982 mm. with the two films Friday the thirteenth, Part Three, and Honky Tonk Man. And since then they have done <laughs> they've worked on 161 sets. Uh tons, tons of films that you would recognize uh, oh. all through Yeah all through uh, just the 80s and 90s Lethal Weapon, the the Lethal Weapon movies, The Great Outdoors, the Back to the Future movies, the Die Hard movies, In the Line of Fire, The Rock. Uh, just, I mean, their work is all over the place. Just, uh, just, I mean, it's a ton of work. And they've just, it's, I mean, that's what they do. They cater. They've got those great food trucks for uh, all the various sets. And it's a, uh, they keep people's tummies happy. And as you know, on set, That's how you make a uh, a set sing, is by keeping everybody's tummies happy.
2: Yeah. That was one of the first things that I was taught moving out to Hollywood, (laughs) was that everyone, um, if you're making your own short films, everyone neglects sound, and it's the most important thing, and then feed your crew well. Yes.
0: The same year they were doing Iron Man, they also did Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Changeling, Ooh. and The Happening, everybody's favorite Shyamalan
2: film. Uh, the Changeling, the, the, <laughs> is that the one with Angelina Jolie? I love that movie. It is, yes. I really yeah. like that movie a lot.
0: Yeah, it was a, definitely an interesting one for Clint Eastwood. Oh, Right. Um this is the minute we have our translator. Um uh, Pete, we had a, a fun time with the Reddit community and the translations from all the various languages. Uh Ilam Hosseini is the one who did the translations. And I I think for the most part, I would say probably did a pretty good job. I think if there were any faults, it likely was in the actor's pronunciations. That seemed to be the thing that hung people up most of the time when they were trying to do these translations for us. Yeah. And the Reddit community is they're they're very precise. They were very good until yeah. I overdid it, and they finally hit a point with, like, we've translated enough Iron Man for you
1: so far. <laughs> That was definitely on you. <laughs> that was too They're much, man. They're an incredible too much. resource, and <laughs> we thank credit,
0: but we get it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we also have our uh, Department of Defense uh, uh, liaison Ooh. here in this minute. So, uh, you know. It's important to get these uh, liaisons. We have the U.S. Department of Defense liaison, Philip M. Stroud, and the U.S. Air Force project officers, Captain Christian Hodge and Captain Mary Danner. They, uh, they play a big part in making these things uh, work, and so kudos to them for their help on this one.
2: And you can't make the armed forces look like jerks if you want. <laughs> uh, that's right. like, like movies like um, Crimson Tide famously yeah. did not get that kind of approval. And so, yeah, when you're all talking are,
0: about a crazy uh, sub commander. Right? <laughs> exactly. So they're yeah, not going to get right. that approval. I remember reading <laughs> about
2: that. Uh, that um, all of those scenes of the sub heading out were stolen shots uh, because oh, they. Were, I didn't read that. Really. They were going out and doing aerials, and then the sub commander of that sub was angry, and so ordered to dive just so they would ruin the shot. And so that scene of that sub going down in the very beginning is because they're trying to avoid the cameras.
1: Wow. (laughs) Okay. That is at once totally understandable and just a smidge petty. (laughs)
2: <laughs> what else are you going to do as a sub commander? There's not a lot of subbing to do right now, <laughs> right? Everybody hide. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Zero bubbles. That's
0: uh, and then the, my favorite name from this batch was Chamonix Bosch. I guess it's Chamonix or cool. Chamonix. I don't know Chamonix Bosch. Uh, I just love that name. Second, second assistant director Chamonix Bosch.
1: Uh, second, second. okay
0: has been uh as, not as long of a career just since it looks like ninety nine on uh you know it, actually an interesting start to to a career with uh, the straight story as a set p a well, that's kind of a fun place to start what's the straight story the straight story is uh is david lynch's um oh about the interesting lawnmower. little that's yeah, right. the, the old man uh, taking a trip on the lawnmower.
2: that's right that's cool second second. I think any of the assistant director jobs, I would feel, would have such high burnout. Less so now because the idea of the screaming first AD or second AD is so out of fashion for most uh, sets is what I've heard. I know that it just rolls downhill from the director, but that just seems like such a nightmarish job
0: keeps them busy the second second uh let's see the second is busy doing i'm trying to remember now the second's busy dealing with kind of getting everything ready for the next day schedule adjustments and all that sort of thing. Stuff, yeah yep, right second second is uh gosh i'm trying to remember what the second second's going to be doing running people back and forth to set right
2: oh is that what second second does
0: i want to say it is i but love I, it. I that sounds
2: good I think the second second is in charge of the table, ladies. (laughs) Call back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chamanix, Bosch's uh, IMDb game top four are Iron Man, Inland Empire, The One with Jet Li, and State of Play, the film that everybody forgot was made with Ben Affleck and Russell (laughs) Crowe.
1: I'm pouring one out for that. Okay, so... I just have to say it's Chamonix, uh oh. Chamonix. It's a French name. And the only reason it came back to me is because there is a town in France mm. that is called exactly that. And it took me a little while to find it and make sure I was talking about the right thing. Oh, right cool. on the border of, of uh um France and Switzerland and you know, France and Switzerland and what Italy and th- it's all in the it's all right there. It's like They're the four so corners close. of Europe. They're right there. <laughs> Chamonix. I, Sh- I shout like out, that. Shout out to the Four Corners fans.
0: Awesome. Well, um, that's it. I didn't have any other names. Did you guys have any names or anything else you wanted to throw out? Oh, you know, I did want to throw this out. They have in this minute uh, the Animals Buy credit. Oh, who is it? Well, Roger Schumacher handled <sighs> the animals uh, in this film. But I was trying to think about the animals in this film, Pete. Um, the only ones that come to mind are very early in our first five minutes. We saw very brif- briefly the man walking with the goats as the vehicles drove by.
2: Right. Oh, yeah, that's right, right.
0: right. Um, and then we do see a, a dead horse, I believe, in some of the photos when uh, they were looking at the images from uh, from Gomira and kind of all the horrors that have been going on over there.
2: Mm. Are there
1: any other animals? I feel like that's it. I'd, uh, the goats and the
0: horse. The dead horse. Yeah.
1: Goats and the horse, unless there are some birds or something. I don't know when he's flying. I don't remember any.
0: I don't remember any birds ever. Yeah. Although I would love to have seen him run into a bird.
1: Yeah, totally. Was <laughs> Just a puff of feathers. Been, that's that's a thing that I think they didn't lean in heavily enough. The airborne <laughs> collisions. <laughs> right. With Jarvis. Watch out, sir. There's a bird approaching. Right. Flock I, uh, of seagulls. I. I do... <laughs> It looks like you're trying to avoid some birds. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a name that I would like to drop here, and uh, that's John Loris Underkoffler. Does that name ring a bell? It doesn't. John Loris Underkoffler is a futurist science and <gasps> technology advisor. Cool. That sounds and like AI. He, and minority yeah, right, totally. He's at uh, uh, he's at Cal. Um, let's see. He's at CSU Long Beach. And uh, he does very cool things like uh, future uh, gesture based, um, uh, you know, user interfaces. He's a former MIT Media Lab guy, uh, computer scientist. And um, he has worked on a lot of fantastic uh, uh, projects, both art installations and movie projects.
2: Minority Report. Uh,
1: uh, let yes. me see, did he? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, he did. Minority Report. And uh, actually, Hulk, he was back on Hulk. He was on Aeon Flux and uh, Iron Man. And, um, but his, like, you look at his CSU Long Beach page, and the stuff is just fascinating. Like, he's just an amazing contributor to this, this field. And so it, it feels like uh, uh, what a great addition. Uh, for this film, seems like a very cool role, John Loris Underkoffler. Cool. Gonna watch. I'm gonna watch out for the futurist science and technology advisors now. Maybe when we start talking about the movie, one minute at a time. <laughs> there you go.
0: I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Underkoffler was involved in uh, Minority Report. It makes very much sense with all the gestural interfaces in that film and how that kind of paired to what Tony's doing in his workshop. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like uh, he was very much involved in, he actually has a TED Ted Talk uh, demonstrating a real-life version of the Spatial Operating Environment Interface from
1: Minority Report. He's amazing. And we're actually going to be taking apart that TED Talk one minute at a time. (laughs) I'm very much looking
0: forward to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to jump back to the animals real quick. I just, I have to get this out there. Uh, because Roger Schumacher, who did deal with the goats and the uh, the dead horse, apparently, this was his last film. I don't um, know why, but I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Kind of sad. I think the I question know. is, was it horse
2: related? Yeah, I think the horse died. And he was like, <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> got to end up. Time <laughs> to take <laughs> a pastry yeah. chef. Yeah, It's all over now. He was involved in Hulk, and I wonder if that was the poodles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which he was the gamma poodle
0: he was he was the animal trainer for Hulk, yeah,
1: oh god you can't you can't give them actual gamma rays <laughs> that <laughs> Look, was all at, that entire sequence was practical. Nobody knows that it's amazing.
0: Only <laughs> he's a purist. So Tom, you—that's um, <laughs> my angry Tom voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't
1: so, like this. so
0: Tommy, what? Uh, so you weren't a comic book fan as a as a young person. Um, did you ever read comic books? Or were you involved in, or did you did you kind of get into that world? Did you watch other superhero films like? Like Superman, any of those sorts of things. Spider
2: Man. I, I, I think I watched all the Supermans. Um, for comics, I was a horror comic fan, and Archie. It was this weird split. It was horror, and diametrically opposed to horror is Archie with his dumb, weird, non-exam, like non-conflict situations. Um, yeah, so those were my two, but horror comics was definitely my big one. Uh, growing up in Boulder, Colorado, there was this uh, comic book store, I can't remember the name of it, but they would sell you really old, I think this is before collecting had been invented, that's again, I'm dating myself, but they would sell old like House of Secrets and uh, comics like that for cover price. Meaning, so back in the day, oh, they were $0.25, wow. cents, and they would give it to you for $0.25. Cents, and I'd go in there every couple of weeks. My mom would drive me in, and I'd just go through to see if anyone had sold them something that I could get. So, yeah, I have an an enormous amount of horror comic knowledge, but just not as much superheroes.
0: And you're back when you could get it for a Tuppence.
2: Yep. <laughs> I would go in with my hay penny. Um, and if I didn't have a hay penny, then God bless me.
0: God bless you. Yep. Uh, well, Tommy, would you like to uh, tell everybody where they can find you? Remind everybody about your other podcasts.
2: Sure. I do the podcast with you guys, uh, the TNR, the film board. I do a podcast with Pete about a uh, funny podcast about anxieties Calls What's That Smell? And I'm uh, starting we're way ahead in recording, but I am starting my own uh, quarter minute podcast. It's called the <laughs> Quarter Minute Child 44 Quarter Minute. And it's every 15 <laughs> seconds of the beloved film Child 44. Uh, and we have <laughs> have no guests and it's going to be a terrible failure
0: can i just request one guest for you i have to be on the minute where the train undresses the child
2: i'm sorry andy a train can't undress a boy (laughs) touche sir you've been touche i don't know how touche works
0: Oh, and for anybody wondering what the hell we're talking about, you should, one, not watch Child 44, but you should, two, find our film board episode in which we discuss said film. Children, (laughs) (laughs) please please end this show. (laughs) Yeah, well, everybody, that's it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, head on over to thenextrealcom slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers.